Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. God loves you very much, doesn't he? Amen. So I love you too. Hallelujah. Because I'm just like him. Hallelujah. And so are you. So are you. And that's where we're going tonight. We're going to, I, if I have to put a, a title on what I'm going to share is, who are you? Who are you? Do you even know who you are? Do you even know? I think a lot of, I, th- I can see that a lot of people don't have a clue who they are. They think they know who they are, but they, no, no, they don't know. But let's get into it tonight. We'll start right in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. Okay. I know everybody's encouraging everybody to bring the hard paperback Bible, but I got this one tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Genesis 3. And I'm going to read in the King James Version. I usually like the New Living Translation, but tonight I'm going to use the King James for a little bit. I'm going to read here. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden... God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the days you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when... The woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Like God didn't know, right? When God starts asking you questions, it isn't because he doesn't know. I usually am saying, "Uh uh-oh, now what's going to happen? Right? Okay. And now I got to find my spot here. Uh, And the man said, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. The woman made me do it. Okay. The blame game began. Passing the buck. It's, every, it's somebody else's fault for the way I am and why I do what I do. I, 
you know, I'm the, I'm, a vic, I'm the innocent victim here. Started way back there. It's still going today, isn't it? Amen. Still going today. But let me back up a little bit. How did God make you? In his image, what? After his likeness. That means you're like God. Just like your children are like you, we're the children of God. We're like him. But yet the devil tried to convince Eve that she had to eat of this fruit, this forbidden fruit, to be like God. She was already like God. She was already like God. But yet... He convinced her, he lied to her, he deceived her into believing that there was something outside of God's will. That God was holding out on her. And people are the same way today. They are. God, when he created you, he knew exactly... um, his will for your life. He knew what would make you happy. He knew what would make you uh, uh, successful. He knew everything about you and it was for your good. But Eve believed a lie. She was deceived, wasn't she? She was deceived. And, there's, and, and yet I see, you know, there's billions of people that think that they can operate outside of God's will for their life and be successful, that they're going to be okay, they're going to make it. That is not true. It's not going to happen. But yet, they still try real hard, don't they? And what what happens? They end up crashing and burning, don't they? Because God knows what's best for you. He knows what you're supposed to do. He knows your giftings. He knows your talents. He knows your assignments. He knows what's going to be right for you. All you got to do is obey him. All you got to do is just stay one with him. All you got to do is be like him. Okay? Because here... Everything, what happened? When sin came in, he died spiritually immediately, right? Immediately he died. But he did 900 years before he physically died. See, you weren't supposed to die. You were created to live forever. And your spirit will live forever. But your body's not going to because of sin. Because of sin. But it wasn't supposed to be that way. It wasn't supposed to be that way. I got a few scriptures. I better go on. I better hit those. I'm going to go all over the place. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. And you don't have to strive in your life to get ahead. All you got to do is be obedient. You just do what God... See, the world's telling you you got to do all this stuff. But all it's, when you do their stuff, all it does is ruin your family relationships, ruin your life, 
ruin everything. Right? But if you do it God's way, I like to say it this way. When I take care of God's business, he takes care of mine. And I have proven that out over the last 45 years. Many times I, I, didn't, I didn't go in my office. I spent all morning long praying, uh, seeking God. And I got, I mean, I had probably 50 guys I had to take care of and, and assign different jobs for the day. But I had good people to help me. And uh, I just, if I got in prayer, I would stay there until God released me. And many times I wouldn't even get into my office until the afternoon. And immediately the devil would come to me and say, man, you're, you should have been in here. You should have did this. You're not, you know, you're going to be so far behind. You're going to get buried and all this stuff. He's lying all the time. And I get in the office and everybody knew what to do. Everything was taken care of. I didn't even need to show up. Because God was already uh, telling them what to do, putting that into their hearts. Hallelujah. And you see, you're, you're, when you do things God's way, you will have great success without the stress, without all the trouble. I mean, there's going to be trouble, but the, he'll have all the answers for you. He'll have those answers for you. Hallelujah. This was really better when I was thinking about how I was going to present this this morning when I was praying. I said, man, it just goes out so good. Then you get up here and it's like, oh, wow, it's different. <laughs> God help me, right? <laughs> Is that the way you feel? <laughs> God help me. But hallelujah. He does help me every day. I need his help. I never go a day without saying, God I need you. I need your help. I need you to give me wisdom and insight and understanding, discernment. Because the thing is, is, you know, here we are in 2024 and all kinds of crazies going on, right? You need to be led by the Spirit more than ever before in your life. You need to know what's right, what's wrong, what's real, what's not. And the only way you're going to be able to know that is if you have God give you wisdom, understanding, and discernment. And that's one of the things I've been praying a lot over the last several years. This, Father God, I, I, I need your wisdom. I need an understanding heart and a discerning spirit so that I know what's right, what's real, how to, when to, what decisions to make, when and how. And uh, so <clears throat> I pray that all the time. And he helps me, and he'll help you too. Because, listen, I, I tell him, I, without you, God, I'm no different than anybody else. I can be just as deceived, just as messed up as anybody else. So I, and the devil is very, very good at deception. The deception is so great today. How do you even know what's really real? There's so much misinformation, lies, deception, and you really need to be in the Word. You really, really, really need to be in the Word. Because if you've got too much, of, if, you're listen, if you're on social media uh, and all that stuff and you're listening to the news all the time, 
You, if you're not careful, you are going to be deceived if you don't stay in the word and say, God, it doesn't matter what anybody else says out there. What do you say? What do you say? That's what's important. He has all the answers. Amen? And listen, you, uh, you say you don't have time. I, I'm, a, I'm such a busy person, you know. I got all this stuff I got to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he's going to add everything you need unto you. And in context of this scripture in Matthew 6, uh, 30 through 33, he's talking about, don't even think about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, and all that kind of thing, those things. Or let's go a little further. How am I going to pay my bills? How is this going to work out whatever, with this relationship? See, God never made you to stress out about anything. He made you to cast all your cares on him for he cares for you because he wants to work it out through you. When he brings you into situations that are hard for you, it's because he wants to show himself strong through you, show you the victory. But if, you're, if you keep trying to get out of that, uh, God can't work out his plan in your life. Quit running. Don't be from you know, adversity, troubles. Press through. Because God wants to show himself strong. You know, think about it. The children of Israel, when, he, when they came out of Egypt, he immediately, knowing, took them down to the Red Sea where they were trapped. That was a lot of trouble. Their lives were on the line. The Egyptians were coming after them. And they said, they, you know, we could act like the children of Israel. And why did you bring us out here to die? God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why, 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 why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because God wants to show himself strong. He wants to bring glory to his name through your life. But if you run, he can't use you for that. Don't avoid, press through. Press through. Press through. Overcome adversity by pressing through. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Man, I thought we were going to have a shouting night tonight, but it has really been quiet, hasn't it? Even for me, I mean, it's just... hallelujah. Praise God. And when, when uh, God made Adam, he was supposed to be just like Jesus. But he messed up, didn't he? Yeah. And so Jesus came on the scene, and here Jesus is the second Adam. He is the example of what Adam was supposed to be. He is the example. So that means he's our example of how we're supposed to be in the earth. We're supposed to be just like Jesus. Amen. That's right. Just like him. He's the example. 
Are you like Jesus today? Something to think about, isn't it? Did Jesus stress out? Did he worry about anything? Did he run from any adversity? Was he mean? (laughs) Was he violent? Did he cuss people out? Did he yell at people? Insult them? Well, yeah, okay, maybe he insults them. <laughs> the scribes and Pharisees. <laughs> yeah, he did that. Okay. But here's the thing. We're to be like him. We're supposed to be love one another. We're, we're supposed to be the light of the world We're supposed to be just like him. And the only way we're going to be just like him is if we allow the Holy Spirit to form Christ in us. Because that's exactly what his assignment is, is to form Christ in us so that we can, to the world, we look just like him. Yeah. More people would get saved if we were like that. Right? And I'm expecting a great, Harvest of souls this year and the years coming ahead. I believe that what, everything that the devil is doing to try to mess everything up in our country, that God is going to turn that around. Amen. And there's going to be a great awakening, a great revival. And, and you see, I'm not looking at all this bad stuff. I'm looking at, wow, look at the opportunities. Because there's a lot of people that are hurting and they need Jesus really bad. And this is a great opportunity because you notice when, every, when everybody has every, all their needs met and everything, it's hard to win them because they don't, feel, they don't see the need. But when they're broken, when they're hurting, when things aren't going right, uh, when they're fearful, they're looking for an answer. And guess what? You're the answer. You're the answer. You are. But you have to be willing to be the answer. Maybe you want to get up tomorrow and say, God, let me be somebody's answer today. Let me be an answer to somebody's prayer today. Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? Right? You see, you wouldn't have any problems, so to speak, if you stay in the shelter, under the shelter of the Most High. You see, then you can always be the missionary instead of the missionary field all the time. Right? God wants us to be the ones reaching out. We're the ones that have the goods. We're the ones that need to tell the good people the good news. We have the good news. We can't hold it in. We, you can't, you, you know, don't be afraid to share. Remember acknowledge who you are. You are Christ-like. You are supposed to be. You're supposed to be like God. And you, uh, so don't be afraid. Step out there because you have the answers. And don't worry if you don't think you can talk. God can help you. He'll give you the words to speak. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid, right? Step out. Because I believe that's what we're going to be doing as a church going forward. It, that more, uh, 
we're going to be more evangelistic, more out, re- reaching out, because that's what we want to do. We don't want to just be all in. We want to reach out to the community and help people. Because, you know, I got saved 45 years ago. And you know what? I need to reach out to people every day. No matter how long you've been saved, no matter what you're going through, you can reach out to people and help them. Don't be afraid. See, when I'm in the most miserable is when I'm only thinking about myself. But if I start reaching out and helping somebody else, being an answer to their prayer, then all the, everything leaves, all the depression, everything, you know, and when all those, here's the thing, guys, if when depression or anxiety or worry or any of that stuff starts coming, start worship, start worshiping the Lord until it goes away. Don't sit there and let it keep piling on. Don't do that. Be proactive because it comes at everybody. But some people deal with it better than others because they make a better decision. You know, if depression comes or I'm feeling sorry for myself or whatever, I'm immediately start, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm whole. I have everything, you know, and I start sharing scriptures. God will never leave me or forsake me. He's always with me. You know, he's a good God and I have a great future Man, I am super blessed. And you know what? In a little while, I keep doing that. Man, all that that garbage dissipates. And now I'm free to go help somebody. Because it isn't just about me, like you always say, right? It isn't just about me. (laughs) Just it isn't just about you. Yeah. Because we're here on assignment. You see, I was saved 45 years ago. I was ready to go to heaven. I, you know, the only reason I'm here is to finish the work that God assigned to me. That's the only reason you're here, if you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, tonight can be your night. To give your life to Christ. To get in on the good things of God. Tonight could be your night. Otherwise, if you're saved, you're here on assignment. You're here to do God's will. Because what is the, you know, they say it's the Lord's prayer. I say it's the disciples' prayer. Okay. Because disciples asked him, how should we pray? And and Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, then what does he say? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's about his kingdom. Not your kingdom. Not your will, but his kingdom. And you're here on assignment to get his kingdom built here. Now. You were born for this time. You were born for this assignment. Hallelujah. And God is counting on you to get it done. All you have to do is step out. And then he comes in and helps. You see, I know that when I get up here and preach or share that I can't heal anybody 
I can't save anybody. I can't deliver anybody by myself. All I can do is be a willing, obedient vessel that God can work through if I will. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? And so I have to yield my will so that I can be that vessel that he can say, go over there and talk to these people. Pray with them. Do this. Do that. Go here. And know that God has an assignment for you every day. All you got to do is take the time to hear. Pray. Listen. Hear what he's trying to tell you to do. And then guess what? You'll be the one that shows up just at the right time. I don't know how many times I've had to tell people, you know, I'm here because God told me to be here. And I'm here for you. And I'm here to pray for you. Because God's going to do something for you. I wouldn't be here if he wasn't going to do something for you. I would leave you alone. You know, a little bit. I'll leave you alone. I might hug you. I might shake your hand. But hey, for the most part, I'll leave you alone. Because I only want to do what God wants me to do. So if I come in and, sit and I'm, I'm sharing with you and I'm, help, I'm trying to help you, that's because God sent me. Because I'm really not that nice, you know, by myself. You know, I need God's help, you know, every day. I admit it. You can admit it too. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, before I got saved, I wasn't very nice. Nope, mamas and daddies did not like me. <laughs> but God made me nice. No, no, I was a drug dealer. I was a crazy man. I was out doing all the crazy stuff, okay? I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But then God got a hold of me. I had a road to Damascus experience. An open vision and God speaking to me and I'm going, what is going on? What was I taking last night? And, but I knew in my spirit it was God and it was crazy because I wasn't even saved. But God is a great communicator. He knows how to communicate to you even when you're not saved. Because he made you. He knows how to get to, through to you. Yeah. Yeah. And he basically, in the open vision, it was, just, it was really a warning that if I didn't get my life straightened out or on the right track, um, that I was going to end up being in prison and be killed. And so it kind of shook me up a little bit. And so I said, well, maybe I better do a little bit of, you know, changing. So I did. Within a couple of weeks, I went forward and nobody believed it. Even one of the pastors on the pulpit said, you think that was real? You think that'll last? And the other pastor says, if it's Jesus, it'll last. They were looking at the outward appearance. And those pastors should have known better than that. Yeah? Praise God. They should have known better. Because God knows the heart. I was so ready, anybody could have led me to the Lord. 
And it was, you know, it, I always, I know some people are a little more timid, but when, when there was an altar call, I ran forward. Amen. And I st- got in the pastor's face, and he had his eyes closed and his hands out like this, so he didn't even know I was there. <laughs> so when he opened his eyes, <sighs> I scared him. He's not used to aggressive salvation. <laughs> yeah. But I was ready. I knew I needed Jesus because I was going to be in prison or be killed if I did, and go to hell if I didn't, you know. And that's exactly, I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, you know, the funny thing is, too, guys, when I was going to that church and I was in the parking lot and I got out, the devil was lying to me. He was speaking to me. I could hear him. And he was saying, what are you doing? You don't go to church. You never go to church. And not only that, it's not even Sunday. It's Monday. It's a labor day. And in this church, this crazy church has services all the time. They had services Monday night, Tuesday, or Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night Bible study, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I'm going, wow, awesome. But that particular day was Labor Day, and it was a Monday afternoon service. They had a special speaker in. And I had the, of course, I always had every day off, because I, I I've been my own boss almost my entire life. Hallelujah. Now God's my boss. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But hey, so I get the voice. What are you doing? You don't go to church. Did you ever hear the devil talk to you? Anytime you want to do anything for God, he's always trying to talk you out of it. You got to learn how to be determined. And press through. If God tells you something, it doesn't matter the circumstances that are created to try to stop you. You just keep saying, hey, I'm going to do what God told me to do no matter what. Because I want to be obedient. I want the blessings of God in my life. And Christians need to be determined to do the will of God and not allow circumstances to back them off of what God told them to do. I'm going to give you a little story of what happened to me. I, I was going about my business. I was in my truck. I was going to uh, a job site. And as I was come up to a stoplight, matter of fact, it was right over here on 12th Street in Minnesota. And just like that, the Holy Spirit said, go up to the hospital and pray for your dad. And I had totally forgotten that he, had a, he, he was up in the hospital. He was getting the artery cleaned out because he had a stroke. And he was going through a surgery. And he, God said, go up there and pray with him. And I said, oh, okay. I could have said, well, I got to go to this job. Or, oh, that, that's, that couldn't be God. You know, no, no, no. I knew it was God. 
And so I, I turned and went the other way, went up to the hospital and got up there and my dad was in a room, but he was sleeping. Immediately the devil's coming. You, not, this is not the time. He's sleeping. And I'm saying, well, wait, wait a minute. God told me to go up here and pray with him. So I'm not listening to that. So I go into the room and I sit down in a chair and I say, okay, God, let's, you know. And just like that, he woke up. Just like that. And he just got out of surgery. I don't know. It wasn't probably more than an hour, I think. And there was, was, he had another guy in a bed right, right across in the same room, right there. And just as I was getting ready to share Jesus with my dad, which was no easy feat for me because, again, the devil was saying, that's your dad. He isn't going to listen to you. You're the, ki- you're the kid, you know, and uh, he's, your, he's your dad. And um, I said, no, God told me to come up here and pray for him. So I'm going to do what God told me to do. Well, I shared Jesus with my dad. And I said, um, actually, what happened is that some people came into the room to visit the other guy, and they sat down looking right at me, right there in the same room. And the devil's saying, well, you know, you don't want to be saying anything now. You know, there's people in the room. And I go, God told me to come up here and pray for my dad, and that's what I'm going to do. And so I shared and witnessed to my dad, and I said, Dad, don't you think it's time to give your life to Christ? And he said, yes. And I led him to the Lord right there in the hospital room. Because I obeyed the Lord, my dad is in heaven today. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been. Obey God. Be determined to do his will. If he tells you to do something, don't let circumstances or things get in the way to try to stop you from doing what God told you to do. And here's another thing. My dad went home just a few hours after that. They released him. And he had just had surgery on his carotid artery. Because God healed him. Not only did he save him, he healed him. And I, and, and I never had that, a close relationship at all with my father. He was a very introverted man. I mean, we, when he, take, he just didn't want to be around a lot of people. He didn't talk to us. We didn't know a lot about him. He had kind of like his world. We had our world. So it wasn't like, you know, oh, hey, Dad, how you doing? We want to give your life to Jesus. No, because I didn't have that kind of relationship. And here's an, I'll give you one more. After that happened, actually, a couple of things happened. I'm going to say this one because I shared this in Bible study on Saturday. And then a lot of people related to it. After I got saved, the Holy, God told me, the Holy Spirit told me to go forgive my mom. And my mom and I, we hated each other. 
we couldn't hardly speak kindly at all, ever. And it was that way with the whole family. It was a terrible mess. And I didn't want to do it. You know, it's kind of like when, that's kind of like, you know, bless those that despitefully use your your enemies and be nice to them and all that and say, I don't want to do that. You know, I want them to get what's coming to them. But I obeyed the Lord because he told me, you're going to never grow spiritually if you don't do it. Is anybody relating here tonight? Maybe tonight you need to go to some relative or somebody who's done you wrong and forgive them and say it to them. And it's going to be hard, but you can do it. You can do it. I had to do it. I wanted to know the Lord. So there's no way I wanted anything in between me and God. And you, listen, if you're holding on forgiveness against anybody, you aren't growing no matter what you think. You stalled out. You need to get that taken care of because that's a, that's a trick of the enemy to keep you from growing in God. Amen. To keep you toothless or weaponless, if you will, or effective against him. Hallelujah. And you want to be effective. And you want to be close to the Lord. But you're not going to be there if you're not going to forgive. And so I had to forgive. And then I I went way back with that story right after I got saved. But now back up to where my dad is. Okay. I prayed with him. That's great. That's wonderful. He got healed. But now he needs to grow. But he's never gone to church. I, he, even as a kid, he would take us to, to the Lutheran church, drop us off, go home, and when we were, got done, he would come back and pick us up all the time. Never, never stepped foot in a church. So he didn't, know, he didn't know anything. So guess what? The Holy Spirit speaks to me again, and he says, Greg, you need to, you need to go to his house and have a Bible study with him and teach him the word of God. And I said, I'm not going to do that. He's not even going to listen to me. He's my dad. You know, he's the one, he's my authority over me. uh, And and I'm his kid. And then the Holy Spirit said something to me. He said, Greg, Greg, in the natural, he's over you in authority. But in the spirit, you're the father. Did you, did you hear me? Because I knew the word. I, I was a lot, I mean, older. He was a baby in Christ, but I wasn't. I was the dad, if you will. And so I said, okay, God. you know, God has a way of convincing you. You know what I mean? And um, so I went, and I went to my dad and said, Dad, I want to have a Bible study with you every Wednesday morning. Would that be okay with you? And he said, yes. Amen. And, 
We, so every Wednesday morning, I would go to his house. He'd have coffee ready for me. He was looking for me. He'd have a, I bought him a Bible. He would have his Bible out ready to go. And he'd sat there and he listened to me share the word for over an hour every Wednesday for like two years. So, so that he could grow in God. And then it wasn't too many years after that, he passed away. Sometimes, you know, if, listen, if you want God to use you, do you even know what you're asking for? You better be ready to be an overcomer. You better be ready to, to go to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, or even know how to do. Right. Because you just, it's trusting the Lord. If God tells you to do something, he's going to give you the power to do it. It's going to work out. It's the same way when even going out witnessing to people. I don't just go out and witness to everything that moves. I mean, I did that when I was first saved, but they always ran away. (laughs) I'd chase them down the road. Hey, I'm not done with you yet. Hey, I got to tell you about Jesus. But then I got, my zeal got some knowledge and wisdom added to it over the time, and I didn't do that anymore. All of a sudden, not even now, if we're going to go out witnessing, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit tells me, go share with that person, go share with that person, I'm going to have success. Now, if I just just scatter everywhere, uh, I can do that but I'm not going to have near as much success. And, and why take your time going crazy? And why not be smart about it and be led by the Spirit? Because he knows every heart. He knows every person, what they're going through, their situation, whether they'll listen to you or not. So here, that's what you got to do. So... That's what happened to me this uh, summer when we went out with him. Was with you, Seth? We, I kept telling you, I, I we're gonna go up the street because I I got that in my spirit. At the end of the street, we met Daryl, and we yeah we got to pray with Daryl, and he received Christ in the midst of what? How many thousands of people? There were just thousands of them everywhere, but I got to the right one. Because we only had a little bit of time and we only had a couple hours, right, that we were doing that. And so, you know, be led by the Spirit, folks, because that's what it's about. It isn't about what you can do for God at all. You can't really do anything for Him other than obey Him. <laughs> Hate to have to tell you that. Because he's not looking for you to do everything for him. He's looking for you to be obedient to what he tells you. Just do that. And then, because he wants to do the work through you, because he's the only one who can save, heal, deliver, set free. He's the only one. Right? Oh, is it that late already? I'm with Seth. We got time. Where are you going anyway? <laughs> Love you, Seth. You, man, you're, you're awesome, man. All right. 
But here, here's the real Lord's prayer. I'll close with this. John 17. Jesus' desire in his prayer to the Father is that we be one together, like just like he is with the Father. Amen. Well, think about how awesome that is. That is your destiny, to be one with God the Father, your Father, if you're saved. That's your destiny. So it's all good. But while we're here, finish the assignments. Whatever that is that God gives you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now I've been asking God, I said, God, I want to see some more signs and wonders the way it's supposed to be. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. And if devils manifest, they're going out. And you know, the interesting thing is, is when you read that in Mark 16, it doesn't say these signs shall follow the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers. It just says these signs will follow them that believe. All you got to do to qualify is be a believer. And so are those signs following you? I would like to see them more following me. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.